got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Join Myra, Jeff with a G, Dr. Sam, Jeffrey, and me, Jeff with a J, as we work to debunk those leadership myths. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Welcome back, everybody. We're so glad you're joining us for the No More Leadership BS podcast, episode 704,328. That's a new number we just made up. So glad you're here. So glad you're listening. No, we don't need to mathematize anything. We're not going to count stuff higher than 10 because that's how we work. And we're going to talk about um, people and leadership, as you may guess, from our podcast title. And we're going to lay out for you how it is and how we see it uh, from our experiences and from the things we've learned. So thinking of that, we've got some Jeffs, Amira, and me. So Conroy, say hey to the people. What up? And Jeff McLaughlin. Hey. <laughs> Myra. <laughs> She's saying hey, so. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Myra, let the folks know you're here. Oh, you just don't know what a job says, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to mention uh, Mr. Guy because he's going to take the wheel here in just a minute to talk about your leadership team. And do you think about your team as profit partners or people partners or somewhere in the middle? So, Mr. Guy, please take the wheel and lead us through this journey. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Sam and my friends. We are going to have to re- re- rethink the, the time that we record these podcasts because doing it at happy hour doesn't seem to be working. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there is so much in here. So I, my brain is um, running crazy right now because the laughter and the fun and the camaraderie and the expertise that's on this podcast, I'm not trying to be too self-serving, but there's not too much of this good stuff going on the internet today. And especially with no BS, I'm honored to be with you all to talk about whether our leadership teams are profit partners or people partners. And the myth or the cynical myth, I think, as we, we came to this topic was to talk about, man, whatever business you're in, if it wasn't for the people, this business would be pretty good. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for the all the employees I had to hire, if it wasn't for the even the customer, this business would be great. And that myth just isn't right. And the truth today, and and I'm, I'm going to base it a little bit on on Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage. And he says in that book, and I'll, I'll quote him here, that organizational health will one day surpass all other disciplines in business as the greatest opportunity for improvement and competitive advantage. And the truth in that is, is that the the advantage in your organization is with the people, is the health of the organization, and it starts with the people. And it starts with your leadership team. And you can be a small entrepreneur and say, look, I, I don't have a leadership team, it's just me. And I hire the kid next door on t- Tuesdays to take out the garbage or whatever. Th- that's the foundation of your business. So this leadership team, so whether you have that or or you're in a big organization and have a formal leadership team, that your organization simply can't be healthy 
if the people who have the responsibility for running it are not cohesive, not behaviorally cohesive in, in at least five fundamental ways, according to Len Dione, and I'll run through them real quick. And that is the, this leadership team has to build trust. They have to master conflict. They have to achieve commitment and everybody has to be committed to the same thing. They have to embrace accountability, no blaming and that kind of stuff. Then they have to focus on the results. So those five things, any dysfunction or lack of cohesion in your leadership team at the very top will inevitably lead to a lack of health throughout your entire organization. You can't say, well, well, at the top, yeah, we're a little dysfunction, but the rest, the rest of the organization is outstanding. That, that's not how it works. It, it also doesn't work the other way, right? The, the leadership team in the top of the organization is perfectly healthy and the rest of the organization is dysfunctional. Uh, that, that doesn't work anyway so, either. So I wanted to, to just um, kick it off with those things, build trust, master conflict, achieve commitment, embrace accountability and focusing on results and just throw it out to you all and say, what do you think about the difference between profit partners and people partners? What do we need to do to have good organizational health? Mm-hmm. I'll take a first swing. Thanks, Jeff. Let's start with the the brief comment you made about uh, a solopreneur out there who's listening. You know, it's just them all day, every day. And I would offer that apply to one individual as well, because it's never just one individual. It's people you're partnering with, whether it's formally or informally, it's your clients, it's, it's other folks. So how an individual responds to building trust, mastering conflict, and, and the other list, that's as, as important as having your own team who's employed by you as it is if you're a person trying to do it all on your own. So to your question a little more specifically, yeah, I truly believe that we're people partners because the people make the organization. Profits will follow if and only if the culture is looking good and people are healthy doing their thing. I think of it as as a chain of excellence, you know, where if you have great staff and great leadership and they're getting trained and they're getting supported and mentored, they'll promote your product and you'll make money. You, you can't make money and, and have a great product unless your team is behind you, uh, supporting you. So I think it's more of a people and the money will come. More of a, a people team than the money will come. Mm-hmm. That's been my experience. Yeah, one of the things, and I highly encourage people, Mr. Lencioni doesn't sponsor this podcast yet, but his book, The Advantage, is a really good one. And and he talks about the, and I agree with both what you, Dr. Sam and and Conroy, what what you've said, and how do you create that chain? And Lencioni says you have to start by creating clarity and that the, that your leadership team whether it's one person or or a whole bunch of people that team has to be aligned and committed to the same answers to these very simple questions and there's six of them write them down again got a pencil write these down number 1 why do we exist number 2 how do we behave three what do we do you'd be surprised how many employees in a company don't understand what the company does so how, what do we do? Number four, how will we succeed? In other words, how, how can we, when are we going to know when we, we're doing, accomplishing our mission? Number five, what is most important right now? So in other words, don't look so far out into the future. You forget about what's happening today. And number six, who must do what? In other words, who's responsible to do what? Who's, we, we, we all can't do everything. So clarity and the, your leadership team people 
have to be committed and aligned to the answers to those six questions. And everybody has to have the same answer. Otherwise, your team is not cohesive and it's not going to be moving forward. Right. That's something that's to throw out there. What about the person that is just the antithesis of everything that we believe in a good leader? They're out there with a whip, ball and chain, whatever it takes to get the bottom line where, say, the shareholders need it to be. They have to show a profit, so they are busy all the time working toward that bottom line. In the process, they're draining all the barrels. They're pulling everything out. They're making money. They're making money. They're showing a profit, but at what cost? Scorched earth. It's the scorched earth policy. Right. It's just, right. you're, right. you're going to go out and just burn the burn the world and you're going to get short-term satisfaction, but you're not going to have long-term gains. Yeah, I was thinking through that as you were building up your uh, hierarchy. There's, there's no trust. They don't know. The only way to deal with conflict is not to. Mm-hmm. You know, but he hides from it and so on. So I bet... I've seen that happen before where especially in real estate, you got them coming out of the gate and they are taking over the world. Three years later, they're burnt out completely. Whether they're a single agent or working on a team or whatever, you got to work together with people. And that means that there's going to be trust issues that you have to work out. There's going to be conflicts that are based on trust. You cannot get through it and solve a conflict if you don't trust each other. That's correct. And the Lincioni book, Lincioni's book, The Five Dysfunctions, yep. totally addresses that. Yeah. As the foundation trusted or the, in his book, he talks about the lack of those things or what keeps the team from moving forward. You bet. So we talked about trust and mastering conflict a little bit. What about achieving commitment and embracing accountability? How are ways to get our leadership team to, to align and be committed to the answers to those six questions? Maybe even the very first one. Why do we exist? Another way to answer that or ask that question is how many companies are out there that have lost focus on why they exist? Do they have a mission and vision? If they're lacking the mission and vision, then the values will fall into what the mission and the vision are. Hopefully they should align. They should have alignment. And if they don't, and they what, have trouble. What about the company that has a mission and vision statement? And it's, it's at least they think they do. The fancy one up on the wall. Mm-hmm. Nobody reads. Right. That's a lot of people. Well, I have one. I have one already. It's up from the wall. Read it. Right. Even recite it to me. Can you recite it to me? Can you tell me? Can your people recite it to me? That's, I, I just didn't want it to get confused with people that have one, but do you have the right one? Do you have an actual mission and vision? Or is it something that, you know, I mean, looks pretty and sounds good? Mm-hmm. When well, you mentioned the idea of a company's lost sight, perhaps of their mission and vision. I think about some companies who've gone public because now they have not just their customers, but also stockholders to think of. And so I feel like their focus shifts more towards making those people happy and money and maybe gets away from the original mission. Not every time, but sometimes. So you may have the mission, vision, all looks great. Everything looks good. And even some people in the organization believe in it and live by it, work by it. But the decisions that are made don't quite reflect that as being the priority. Maybe one of the priorities, but not the main one. And so if those, we lose sight of those priorities, how do we uh, regain our sight, right? We started this conversation about, and I think we all, um, five of us agree that 
our, our leadership team are people partners. They're not profit partners. So we've lost sight of these things. And according to Lencioni, one of the first things we need to do is create clarity and get committed to the answers to those six questions. And the next step then becomes to to communicate or, or actually, according to Lencioni, to over-communicate the clarity that when it comes to reinforcing our mission and our vision and our values and why do we exist and what are our rules for behavior? How do we behave and what is it that we do and, and all of those things. He says, when it comes to reinforcing that clarity, there is no such thing as too much communication. I believe that. I believe that if you think you're communicating too much, you're not. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what Lencioni says. Exactly. Yeah. In fact, he he said the answers to the six questions must be communicated to all employees. So it's not just about what once you you get your leadership team on the same page and committed and and, um, aligned with the answers to those six questions, then you need to communicate those answers to all employees and you need to do it clearly and you need to do it repeatedly and you need to do it enthusiastically and you need to do it repeatedly. Correct. (laughs) Repeatedly. So one example we used to use about this, it sounds a little bit silly, but I like it a lot because we talk about the mission, the vision, what we're doing here, what our purpose is, and we put it up on the wall. There's a whole poster. It's right there. We got this. We're done. When you have kids, spouse, other people in your life that you are affectionate towards, you don't say I love you once and that's it. You should tell them every single day. Yep. Yeah. Love you. Have a good sleep. You know, good morning, all that kind of stuff. You're always repeating, repeating, repeating and not, oh yeah, by the way, I love you too. Not just a throwaway, but the real, I mean it. So we talk about what you're doing every day in your work. It can get very simply, you can start to meander from the path if nobody reminds you why we're here doing this thing. So say, hey, here's our mission. Isn't this awesome? Is decision, the thing you want to do, how does it speak to the mission? If it does, let's do it. If it doesn't, let's put, let's table it and talk about it later on. But that constant reinforcement is not about browbeating. It's about engaging. See, isn't it great we get to do whatever our mission is every single day and love it, enjoy it, and go forth and be awesome? Yeah, yeah. I've gotten to the point where I would, yes, we created a mission and vision statement. And we created small ones that it was in everybody's cubicle, but we also put it on staff agendas and we always mm-hmm. opened the meeting quoting it and it was on board meeting agendas and it was always the filter for which we did all business through. Mm-hmm. And, it, and otherwise, it's, if, if it's not your mission or vision, it's just a hobby, in, right? In order, yeah, I, I agree with you totally. In the last couple companies I led, we actually put and very nice and professionally created mission, vision, and value statements where everyone could see them, including the customers. Yep. And, and the big discussion at the board level before we did that, because I, I wanted to do it, was we don't want to show that to the customers. What, what if we're not living up to it? And that's exactly why you need to put it out there. Right. <laughs> raise, raise the bar, dig the hole. Raise the bar, dig the hole. Yeah. So, so if your mission and vision and value statement is only hanging in the boardroom or only hanging in the president's or the owner's office, yeah. boy, I would encourage you to get it out there where everybody can see it. <laughs> what if we don't do it? <laughs> what if it leaves, sir? My goodness. What kind of business you're right? Hold us a cat. Exactly. The third point I want to make here, make here today about all of this is we talked about building this cohesive leadership team and then create clarity around the answers to those six questions and then communicate that clarity. I guess this is the fourth point 
The, the fourth point is to reinforce that clarity. In other words, put it everywhere, which is exactly what we were just talking about. It should be on every policy, every program, every activity, everything that you do should be designed to remind employees. And I would say even in customers in a lot of places, what's really most important to you and what's important for your business and what, what you're trying to accomplish. So yeah, the clarity piece, in fact, I I was coaching with a a company, my, my weekly thing with them yesterday evening. And uh, we talked a lot about clarity because they, they make a decision or they feel like they've made a decision. And then a week or two will go by and that decision is getting implemented. And then some employees, and it's a small company, t- 10 employees is all. And the, the decision gets implemented and then an employee go, well, did we really decide to do that? Nobody told me we were going to do that. Even though all 10 of them were sitting around the table two yeah. weeks ago when they decided. And that's a lack of clarity. And, and it can be addressed, easily be addressed. And so it happens all the time. So reinforcing clarity, make, make sure that you're focused on being clear with every policy, every program, every decision, every activity, everything you do. It's got to be clear back, so that everyone understands. Back in the day when I was taking education classes, I had a professor say that people have to see things seven times or hear it or see it seven times before it'll sink in. Now, sometimes I have the attention span of a gnat. And I fully recognize that. Just assuming that you're going to send an email out and assuming that everyone's just going to get it, it's not going to happen. Right. You've got to, it's got to be in your everyday conversation. It's got to be on agendas. It's got to be on emails. It's got to be in your standing meetings as you're standing talking to, to fellow coworkers. It's constant. Yeah. I was making fun of the mission statement. Oh, what if we don't live up to it? Yeah, I still stand by that, first of all. But secondarily, the clarity is if you're clear about your mission and your expectations, you won't go afoul of your mission statement, especially in front of customers. And if you do, then we're back in accountability. If the customer says, what you've just done doesn't fit your mission, oh my gosh, thanks for pointing that out. Let's correct yep. it. Yep. And that's perfectly acceptable if you're going to run a reasonably ethical and forward-thinking that's focused on the people. Absolutely. Yep. Sam, that, that, that's a good lead into the the summary or the exit here because I know we're almost out of time It mm-hmm. is is that that whole clarity thing to follow the process. And some people may say, Jeff, is is this, you know, process, the model that you just laid out and and we did it really briefly, is it it good? Will it work? And and I'm here to tell you, it's pretty much foolproof that if you follow the process, success is almost impossible to prevent. (laughs) Did, Did you hear me? Leaders prevent when it's, Exactly the opposite of what we're trying to accomplish as leaders. We want to be successful. You right. have to follow the process. You can't free ball this thing. There, there are tried and true processes that, that accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. And I get it. There are leaders that can, you know, make catastrophic or, you know, completely boneheaded uh, mistakes or decisions about strategy and finance and marketing and all, all those things. But people in healthy organizations, like we've been talking about, rarely make those kind of mistakes. And and there's numerous reasons for them. We don't have time to talk about that. But as listeners to our podcast here, all you have to do is send an email to ask us at leadershipbs.co. And we, we would love to help you build the kind of organization and, and culture that, that you've always wanted or that you, you are striving for and seem to be um, stuck. Just send us an email, ask us at leadershipbs.co. And any one of us or all of us would jump in and, and help you. That's what we're all about. Okay, parting thoughts, comments, questions, read remark. I'm just stunned that you said free ball. 
<laughs> oh, what that means we're, to you? We're all singing. Tom, we're all singing Tom Petty. And a free, free ball. Yeah, that was that was a Sam Tom. <laughs> now you know how old I am. <laughs> yeah, I've been around the block a couple of times with you, Conroy. <laughs> but to your point, Jeff Carr, I think it's very simple. The clarity has to be present. If people don't believe in what they're doing, then there's no possible way the organization will be the best it can be. It may be successful to some measure, but it won't be efficient and, and top tier. It'll just be good enough. And sometimes that's not always. Sometimes clarity only comes with constant repetition. Because what they heard yesterday may not be what they hear today. And the more you're consistent with your repetition, your constant, it will become part of your organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good stuff. So build a cohesive team, create clarity, over-communicate clarity, then reinforce clarity. And have I been yeah. clear? <laughs> repeat, crystal. Yeah. Wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah. You, you follow that. There, there. I won't guarantee you be successful because I can't guarantee how much effort you're going to put in. But if you follow the process, I'll guarantee you the result of the process will be successful. So mm-hmm. ask us at leadershipbs.co. We are the No More Leadership BS podcast, and we hope and pray. In fact, our intent is to add value to your life, and we hope we've done that today, and we'll see you next week on the No More Leadership BS podcast. So long. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. If we use your email questions or comments, you will win a DISC behavioral assessment and debrief with one of our highly trained podcast teammates. And last but not least, don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much and tune in next time. We'll see you then.